Well, wife, it finally had to happen. I'm out and about traveling again, and I have a note here that says not to tell Matt that I'm on my way to actually see a startup show without him. Really? <laughs> I will bury your... Konnichiwa. Wrestling no kao no betsu no episodo i yokoso. Watashi no nomee wa waldo des. Watashi wa kyo mato ni sanka shite imas. I'm the mat. Wait, what? So shite isha no tsuma. And I'm Dr. The Wife. That's correct. Good for y'all. We hope everyone is getting along okay as it appears the plague is starting to die now. But just as everything is starting to settle, we have some possible bad news. We had to fire Dr. Brian. Or we're trying to, at least. Uh, the thing is, I don't know if he's actually fired. Could you be fired if you disagree with it? Dr. Brian. Dr. Brian. Yeah, you know what? Well, we're sick of this. You're fired. Go on. Get lost. Good riddance. Bye. So, Matt, what's been going on? Wrestling? Good. Dr. My Wife, how have things been with you since we last talked? Good. <laughs> okay, we're off to a stellar start here. Matt, we seem to still be growing and achieving our mission goal of spreading the word of stardom. We've passed the 100 subscriber mark and we're still going. So in celebration of this, we've gone and successfully, question mark, set up a subreddit where you the fans can drop us some questions in an FAQ thread. Link in description in below. Yeah, you should definitely hit that up. Um, we have a special surprise coming up for our one-year anniversary that's coming up soon. We may not be able to answer all of your questions fully due to some constraints on our part, but we'll try. Yeah, and if you don't fill out the uh, question, comment stuff, we're going to have to make up the questions, and nobody wants that. I already started. Also, we've been able to do another order from the White Rabbit crew, and as always, they are super easy to work with. A link in the description below. I know they can be used to order stuff from all over Japan, but let's be honest, they're only here for us to get started merch. That's all you I need. I didn't know that. They could be used to order all, the, all over Japan. I may need to use that. No, you can't. You can only get started merch. That's it. Only no. started merch. Just started merch. <laughs> Before I had to travel again, Matt and I were able to fancy up the YouTube page by adding a commercial. We posted it as a trailer to the page so our regulars and ever-growing stardom supporters can see what we're all about. And as the trailer shows, we're very serious over here at FFW. Yes, we take everything seriously. I don't want to spoil anything, but if everything goes as planned, we may be providing some new and different content up on the channel as well. Stay tuned in the near future for updates to tie you in. Oh. Oh. Now I got you now. Uh-oh. Looks like I have to report some bad news that Roy Rogers, one of our followers in Not the Cowboy Restaurant, commented on episode two that we might get sent to a timeout for what we do here on the channel. He was right. One of our videos got axed on YouTube. Episode one, a 30-minute video setting up our entry into reviewing stardom, was hit with the copyright bat right before this recording. For you very few fans that saw it, this was the video I did prior to Matt joining in because he was a bitch and couldn't schedule time for it. So yeah, it's no real big loss because I wasn't even on the episode, and everyone knows I'm the best part of Face for Wrestling. To be fair, it was tied into our NXT audio episodes that were stank. Yes, but we did learn from that. If you're curious and want to know more, jump in on our FAQ over on the Face for Wrestling subreddit, where we are fielding questions for our one-year anniversary. Hint, hint. 
That's reddit.com slash r slash face for wrestling. You get that, but never get the face for wrestling on Facebook, right, huh? Speaking of YouTube comments, a special shout out to our own Ichigo the Wise. Just as Ichigo foretold, so wise. For always giving me the ideas on what to look up. Thank you for that, sir. You are wise and you're making us wiser. Looking for more stardom wrestling action but live in Texas? Good news, everyone. Go check out missionprowrestling.net. Three stardom alumni and a fourth lady appearing to be trained by them are working their hardest to start a new promotion in Texas. Matt and I were actually supposed to go to a show of theirs, but the plague got it canceled. So Thunder Rosa, Holiday, Alex Gracia, and rookie Vert Vixen are finding new and creative ways to entertain and fund the young promotion at the same time. Head on over and take a look. As always, give the ladies and Mission Pro Wrestling a follow on the social medias. Help support Texas wrestling. Yeah, definitely follow Holiday on Twitter. She is hilarious. It's December 15th, 2018, and we're just south of Tokyo over in Yokohama at the Yokohama Radiant Hall with a reported attendance of 305 for a five-match card. We have an opening tag match, a three-way, a singles, and two six-lady tag matches, with one being for the Artist of Stardom Championships. While doing research for this show, I ran across some reports of ghosts inside of the Yokohama Radiant Hall. Thankfully, Japan had some Ghostbusters at the time. It also appears this venue has been turned into a church at some point. So maybe the young ghost bucks weren't able to get the job done and they had to call in the exorcist. Wait, was this the Kenny Omega young bucks dressing up for Halloween? Yeah. Uh, I've seen it. Also, no chickens on this show as Arissa isn't here. However, you can catch her outside of stardom with her band Ultimate Dream Navigator. Link in the description below. That's the official site. And this link right here is for their merch store. Yeah, they got some music, they got some shirts, they got some bracelets, they got some other stuff. Check them out. Our opener is a tag match, putting the team of Kaori and Monster against the twins of Hina and Rina. Matt, take us in. So we head to the back, and they immediately try to throw me for a loop, because Hina and Rina are wearing spiffy stardom shirts, therefore hiding the letters on their tops, therefore making me have to guess which one is speaking first. I had a note on this, wondering if we were going to be able to figure it out. I was pretty sure it was Rina, and she says, Today is our first time in Yokohama since we debuted. We take on Yoni Yamasan, who is Kaori, and Duaka, since it's our first time here, we'll work hard and we'd like to win. We then shoot over to Kaori and Duaka, who do the normal Jan intro lines. And Duaka says, today we face Hina and Rina, and they are good at judo, but we're bigger, so we'll win. Jungle, jungle. So you yeah, had a question on this. Or not a question, just an observation. Okay. Jan's the only one that does catchphrases, right? Eh. I mean, eh. For the most part? Yeah, for the most part. It's kind of weird. Like, it's fine, but it's just kind of weird. I like how Monster pointed out the facts in this promo by saying they were bigger. Yeah. As soon as we're done with the promos and cut into the arena, it looks like a nightclub being set up before the doors open. Yeah, I'm glad you said that it was a church because it looks like a straight up bingo hall to me. You can see one of the ring announcers behind the podium running the sound system as well. Don't worry. It's not too much longer before we get some slicker productions. Yeah, and we also get confirmation as Hina and Rina make their way to the rings, and I can see the letters on their chest, and I now know for sure it was Rina speaking. 
But in all honesty, this isn't that bad. If you were to go back a little further before we started our reviews, you could also see some merch tables set up in the back and some weird camera angles. Yeah. I don't mind this because so far, Stardom has picked the right venue for the right crowds. Wrestling is a bit of a weird business when it comes to the venues. You don't want empty seats, so you almost have to pick smaller places to underestimate your crowd in order to get the word of mouth going that all the events are sold out. And then yeah. you can slowly bump up the seating capacity. Just one at a time. All right, so we have Hina and Rena on their way to the ring, and I thought there was a nice little touch as they get inside where Hanan pops up on the outside to kind of, you know, cheer sisters on. So then I also have another note here for you and for me. As the ring announcements are being made, I paid attention this time just to make sure it was Duaka, and that is correct. But we also have a new name change for us. Oh, what's that? It's not Rena. It's Dina. Oh, I should know this, too. I listened multiple times. Yeah, I, I should know this. I, uh, Yeah, my bad. <laughs> it's Dina and Dina. Okay, I don't know if I should bring this up, and I can cut it out if need be. But as the twins are getting in the ring, you notice who the ring announcer is, right? No. That is... Yuri Kozakai, who will okay. be called Yuri because we're horrible at pronunciations. Right. And she recently tried to summon Musta Krakish. She is the voice actress in the anime series Dropkick on My Devil, and her J-pop group Fallen Pop does singing as well. Before our timeline started, the anime series producers sponsored a couple of the stardom shows. Miss Yuri, I didn't think you had it in you. Okay. That's funny. I can hear your keyboard. Sorry. I know I just got done talking about the size of the venue, but damn if stardom ain't using this place to its fullest potential with separate ring entrances. Which brings us into the one problem that Matt and I apparently had with the show. Yeah, the camera or the lights. I don't know 100% which one was at fault. One of these cameras is off on color. Matt, I think this would be more your area. It almost seems like the ringside camera in this match that starts out pointing east has a slight overexposure problem. Go ahead. I think they did that, though, because if you look, there's some really harsh lights hung up there. And I think they were trying to correct because of the lights. Um, but it definitely makes it feel like you're getting spliced in and out of two different matches throughout the night. That being said, I hope people can appreciate that they have three cameras floating around during the show. And when they do the post-production, none of the audio is ever out of sync. Take it from me, that shit is difficult. Yeah. It almost looks like you're about to watch a 70s porn. It took me a couple matches to just be able to turn my brain off to it. Yeah. Because it's just, like I said, it's like watching... Two different things spliced yeah. together. Yeah. But they do a pretty good job of splicing them together. So I don't know. They, they could have done without that third one. Yeah. The strange thing is, though, about the third match of the card, it goes away. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah, don't know so if they realized it or what, but it does get better. Maybe that's what I thought. Like, I thought my brain just turned it off, but maybe they just fixed it. We get through the intros, and Race Car Ref is here to start us off with Monster and Dina. Collar and elbow lock up to see Monster quickly gain the advantage. She wasn't kidding about the size thing. Yeah, no. Into a standoff, and we get tag outs to Hina and Kaori. Although Kaori is more experienced, she is shorter. And it's pointed out by Hina 
as she towers over to answer a test of strength call. Yeah, she made Duaka a little bit of a liar there. Kaori responds by stomping on her foot to bring her back down to her level. Yeah, Kaori is working this crowd well. It's rare to hear Japanese crowds boo, but they are loving booing Kaori. It's the right kind of heat. Kaori Irish whips Hina into the ropes, but misses her follow-up lariat. As Hina is coming off the ropes, Rina gets in to hit a double dropkick with her sister. As Dina is coming in after the tag, Kaori grabs her hair and gives it a good yank. Two more yeah. boos. Yeah, I think this is the first time, and I wrote it down just so I can say it, that we've ever seen a pigtail drag. Is it Jan Face, though? I Yeah. Yeah. But she is really good at working the crowd. and She's she, so good. And she stands on Dina's shoulders in the corner to do some taunting. Clavicle chops in the middle of the ring with sound effects this show. Okay. You, you know what spot I'm talking about where she started doing them? And she was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Dina breaks it up and easily Judah rolls her over. We get some more heelish things from Kaori and Monster gets tagged back in. Her and Dina go for an elbow exchange. Monster entertains letting Dina scoop her up, but easily hits one of her own and transitions it to make Dina humble. I'm guessing race car ref wasn't doing a good job as Kaori had to come in to see if Dina would submit. This was by far my favorite part of this match. As race car ref goes, hey man, you can't be in here. So she moves him back into the corner. And then goes back to check to see if Dina's going to tap. And race car ref just kind of lets her do it for a minute until Kaori gets involved and tries to help with the move. Race car ref, visibly confused. <laughs> His confusion ends and he remembers he's a ref. And Kaori gets in to help Monster make Dina extra humble. Dina's elbows lack the desired effect so early in her career. But damn, can that young lady sell for an elbow for Monster. A nice hip toss sees Dina get just enough time in to tag Hina. Hina gets in the four directional drop kicks, and Monster just stops her and decides to tag out. Yeah. Kiori goes for the flying butt slam, but misses. I only bring it up because we've seen her miss this thing a couple of times, and it still makes me hurt every time I see it. Hina and Rina hit the drop kick train on Kaori into a double Russian leg sweep into the double arm bar number 36, and Kaori sells like death. No pun intended. There was a nice little uh, spot during the drop kick train. Is that what you called it? Yeah. Where I think it was like the second drop kick. Hina was running, I think, a little too fast and wasn't going to be able to get the drop kick. And rather than stop, go back and try it again, she just kind of chops her across the chest and gets her ready for uh, Dina to come back in and start it back over. Really good awareness for someone so young. Monster's able to get in and break it up, but it looks like the sisters may be able to handle her. Nope. Kaori hits the flying butt slam onto Hina and gets the three in 526. Easy, quick opener. It did what it needed to do. Uh, some young talent got some time on the mic. Some young talent got five minutes to go out there and work on some moves. It, it was a decent opener. And Kaori had the crowd eaten out of the palm of her hand. Like, she was such a good, funny hill in this that she made Hina and Dina look like stars because of it. Oh, Absolutely. It was definitely a nice use of the twins in the opener. They're yeah. clearly getting better every time, and putting them in there with some seasoned veterans like Kaori only helps. Yeah. I feel like Monster's getting most of the benefits here, as she gets to actually tag with her, though. Yeah, she gets to rest a little bit, watch, and then go in and do a little bit of here and a little bit there. She gets to work on her moveset without having to sit in there the whole time and, like, tire herself out. So it, it's a good little trade. Our next match is a three-way match between Mary Apache, Azumi, and Hana. And I'm not going to lie, I actually had to review this match last. 
As Matt made mention in episode eight about us hearing Konami's individual theme for the first time, I think this is the first time that we actually hear Azumi's as well. It's different. It's weird. So we start off in the back with Hana, and she says, Hi, today it's a three-way between me, Mary, and Azumi. Me and Mary are usually partners, so it's okay if she wins or if I win. I think it's impossible for Mary or I to lose. Manji. What? Hold up. Got a question for you. Okay. Do you know what Manji means? Is it the second part of Jumanji? No. I had to look this one up because I was a little confused because she also kind of posed with a little, like, look at my muscles pose. Okay. So, Manji is a thing in Japan. I, I won't go into the whole thing. It's a symbol. It's kind of a reverse swastika, but it's not bad. They use it to, like, point out temples and stuff like that on maps. Oh, it's the uh, Buddhist symbol. Kind of, yeah. So it became a thing in about, from what I could find, 2017-ish, where Japanese schoolgirls would do a pose like she did there, or other variants thereof, and say manji. And it was just, it just means a feeling feeling of approval or joy. Sort of like dabbing here in the States. Just here's something interesting to do with your arms and something to say with it. Interesting. That's like the yeah. little heart symbol with the with the fingers. Very interesting. Yeah. We then have Mary, and for that we have our resident Spanish speaker, Doctor the Wife. Hello. <laughs> so she wasn't as fast as usual, but it was you know it was easier to catch. So she says, "Hello, everyone." Now here's the thing: I actually had to look her up a few times because her name is not Mary, which I found interesting. Everybody's calling her Mary. Her name is Mari, uh, spelled M-A-R-I. So it's Mari Apache, which I understand because I've had a, uh, acquaintances and friends that have Mari as their middle name. So her name is not Mary. Oh. So hello, everyone. Mari Apache here. And today I am in Yokohama and I will be going up against Hana and Azumi. Like always, obviously, Mexico will walk away with triumphant. That was all she said. So she's again putting the whole country on her back. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she's consistent. I like it. We then shoot over to Azumi, who says, yeah, today it's three-way with Hana, Kimura, and Mari. Mari, that's right? Mari, yeah. Mari. But you know what? It'll be two-on-one. Whatever. I'll use my small body to knock them out and win. I'm not sure how that's a threat, but she meant it as a threat. (laughs) I'm going to throw this sack of feathers at you. I will hit you with all 40 pounds. Please don't kill us. (laughs) Please, please no. We get past the introductions, and Old Ref checks everyone out and calls them in for handshakes. So during their introductions, I, like you pointed out earlier, they have multiple entrances. Yep. Mari comes out first. They pan over to the side for Hannah to come out, and there's a couple people there with their phones ready to take pictures or video her entrance. And then she comes out the other entrance. Boo. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Part of me is like, man... Hannah's kind of the person that would do that on purpose just to mess with people. But then Azumi came out that entrance and was like, oh, okay, no, this was actually the plan. They were supposed to split it so it didn't look like they were coming out of the same locker room. But it was just. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah, It was just kind of funny. So then they all get in the ring and they're waiting to do their intros, right? Mm -hmm. And they do Hannah's intro and she goes to take the gas mask off and it gets tangled up in her hair and she can't get it off. So she sadly walks over to Mari's corner, who then helps her get it off. And yells at the crowd who all laugh at her. (laughs) 
just nice little things. Hana and Madi gracefully follow old ref's instructions to show great sportsmanship, while Azumi ignores them in the other corner. She thinks she's better than them, huh? I don't think they would have shook her hand anyways. Clearly, Azumi is the heel of this match, right? No. <laughs> I think you watched the wrong match. I think he's saying that because she's wearing a purple leopard print. Does that mean evil? I guess. I think... Purple leopards are evil. No, I'm too late. We've learned it. Purple leopard is evil. Did you also notice that when Izumi's doing her intro and they call her name, the streamers start flying. One of them bonks her right on top of the head, so she starts shying away from all the other streamers. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> spicy, spicy. The bell rings and Izumi rushes in and Hana puts a stop to that shit real quick. So would you say the bell was rung and then her bell was rung? Oh yeah, absolutely in this one. Some boots from Hana and Mari and Izumi leaves the ring to run away from the match. I don't think that's what happened at all. Oh, well, well, yeah. I, what? <laughs> I think they threw her out of the ring. <laughs> and then they threw her into some chairs. Yeah, twice. More than twice. <laughs> and then they choked her with the chair. It looks like Azumi's getting back in the ring, but quickly comes back out. What a heel. <laughs> you mean when Hana grabbed her by her hair and drug her back out? We must have watched different matches here. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite things that a heel does, man. Definitely drag them out by their hair. Did Oyodotai give up on trying to kidnap Azumi and pass that task off to Hana and Mari? I don't think they're trying to kidnap her. They're just trying to beat her with every chair in the arena. Hold up. What the hell is this? This has to be the first ever double team bow and arrow. It's it's not even a bow and arrow. Are you talking about the double arm bar leg bar combo? Yeah. As they taunt her? <laughs> Though now you mention it is kind of bow and arrow-y. Yeah, probably the first ever double bow and arrow. They let Azumi out of it and go straight for the boots to the throat in the corner. We get a little bit of Red Rover going on, and Azumi pushes Hana into Mari to knock her into the corner and to push Hana into her as well. Did it look like Azumi was going for a schoolgirl there for a second and change her mind? No, I wasn't quite sure. I didn't see a schoolgirl, but it did seem like she did decide to do something else midway through. Azumi gets a quick dropkick in and tries to go for another one, but Hana and Mari quickly clear out. Azumi has Hana's arm for her amazing top rope corner spider spot and manages to get Mari into a rolling head scissors as well without missing a beat. Holy shit. You're talking about the arm drag head scissors takedown? Yeah. Yes, that was beautifully timed by all three ladies. It looked phenomenal. I have here in my notes, I think Azumi's plugged into the Matrix or something. I, Mari and Hana too. Like I said, all three of them, perfect. She's finally able to get a drop kick in on them, but Mari and Hana answer with stereo kicks to the back. Mari must be concerned that Izumi is going to hunt her down later and gets in a stiff kick to the back of the head before she joins Hana in an amazing double team effort. Mari slingshots Izumi into a waiting Hana who stomps her ass back down over Mary's knees. Hana comes in and sits on top of her while Mari has it locked in. This was a nice post spot. During all of this, and I'm not going to splice the sound because I don't like killing the kayfabe, there is actually a point during this exchange where you can hear Hana and Mari. What's the uh, best term to use here? Um, slither speak? Kizarni? Yeah, but they do it in Spanish. I ain't, you don't know what they were saying really? then. Yeah, I'm not going to give you the time spot because I don't like killing the, uh, the magic here. Mm -hmm. They just might have been saying, let's beat her up some more. They're not as quiet about it because I'm pretty sure the only ones in the building that know Spanish are in the ring right now and Natsumi. Oh, yeah, probably. I'm not trying to be a downer here, but this just adds to the reasons why Hana was so very great. And we are at the point in her career where she's finally really finding her own here. 
See, it's interesting that you say that because I did a little research, and again, not to be a downer, but apparently you and I are of the few that like this version of Hana. Really? A lot of people don't like the original cyber goth version of Hana and the No Cell and the I'm a Monster Hill. They felt it was too heelish for the stardom crowd. They prefer, you know, the the hills like Kaori in the first match or Odiotai, which we'll see later, the more comedic hill. Her over-the-top hillness was actually, a lot of people weren't fans of it until Hana kind of toned it down and then found her rhythm later on in TCS. That's a note from the future. So she was being an aggressive heel? Was that? Yeah, sort of like in the last episode where she just beat the brakes off of Saki. I can understand that because they're more into uh, Q-type situations with the wrestlers, whereas the American audience loves the more aggressive type heel. You know what I mean? Uh, From what I found out, even American fans of stardom at the time thought it was a little too much. Really? Yeah. Like wow. we are from what I understand. Cuz I would I would have I would have thought that that kind of portrayal of a heel that she was given was pretty close to what you would see here in other wrestling venues with with some of the famous ones we've seen, you know? And they're right. pretty over the top too. Right, but you got to look at the people that are here that are watching Stardom are looking for something that's completely different than what they can see here. So huh. they don't want they don't want that over the topness. They want something different, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I liked it. I mean, it just it made it set her apart from everybody else. You know, where this person was being a cute heel, she was being a heel, like the the person you would expect to do a like that Mortal Kombat finishing move that you had in in your other episode. That was pretty impressive that she would actually go out and do that. Agreed. It makes more to talk about. I'd splice in some Fed stuff to show what heels were like at the time, but I don't want to deal with that again. Yeah, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> We still love you. We then get the double team Osaka Crab. Old ref five counts it, and they let it go. Right back into it to make him count again. So I know over here in the U.S., triple threat matches are no DQ. Right. Do you think the same thing applies here in that old ref just doesn't care? I don't know. I was kind of confused, but I guess you can't both win from submission. He's just so set in his ways, and you're going to listen to him whether you like it or not. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was just a, hey, nobody can win this way. Don't do it. They finally break it up. Hana wastes no time getting in the regular Osaka Crab, while Mari puts a foot on her head to assist. Hana and Mari go for a double-team vertical suplex, but Izumi is able to drop them both for some DDTs. That was good. That was snug. Slowly getting up, Azumi is able to run the ropes and get in the Rings of Saturn, right? No. What uh-huh. is this? I, actually, I actually looked it up. Remember, one move per match. Okay. <laughs> Uh, as near as I could find, this is a tilt-a-whirl head-scissor armbar. I couldn't really find anybody else that did it. Gail Kim did it, and she would call it the Flying Dragon. But her and AJ Lee, who again, no spices, are the only ones really I've seen that do this version of it. But it's, yeah, it's a tilt-a-whirl head-scissors armbar, or Flying Dragon. Hana slowly walks it over to the ropes for a breakup, and Azumi surprises her with a quick schoolgirl for a two. I'm going to miss that beautiful dropkick that Hana does, man. Yeah. Hana goes for a suplex, but Azumi manages to roll out of it and get in a stomp onto Hana. I'm not really sure of the physics here, but she follows up with a top rope stomp followed by a pin that gets broken up by Mari. And then Mari starts curb stomping Azumi. As one does. Out of the opposite corner, and Azumi lands a crossbody onto Hana and Mari to bowl them over. Nice dropkick to Mari to get her out of the way for a second. As Izumi goes to try and suplex Hana, 
but Hana drops to her knees to avoid it. As Hana is scoop slamming Izumi, Izumi flies over Hana and kicks her straight in the jaw. This time she's able to get a scoop slam in, but Mari breaks the pin up. Mari stops Izumi from throwing elbows by kicking her straight in the baby maker. She goes to suplex her, but Izumi reverses it and suplexes Mary on top of Hana. What? Yeah. Yeah, again, kudos to both of them. If it hadn't have been for some of the other great moves in this match, this would have been the move of the match for me. Mari sewed that perfectly to make it look like a four-foot-tall, 80-pound girl legit suplex her. It was beautifully timed on both people's parts. Azumi gets in a little offense and ducks a kick from Hana to just straight land a stiff one to the back of the head. She goes after Mari, ducks a lariat, and tries to hurricanrana Mari down. But Mari isn't having any of it and gets her into the spinning reverse torture rack. Yeah, it looks and like she just started having a seizure with Azumi up on her shoulders. <laughs> and Azumi submits at 8.30. Right call on the ending here. I, I thought this made Mari look good. Um, like the way she hit the move out of nowhere to build her up for her feud or her match with Hazuki that's coming up soon. But damn, if Izumi didn't look great throughout this entire match. I'm glad you brought up why there was a reason for this match. This was a great match. Yeah. I'm not sure why it was a match though, but it was a great match. I think there's a couple of those tonight. I think it's the first time in a long time where we got a three-way match where two of the participants were tag partners and they right. didn't turn on each other. Yeah. I, I really liked, uh, like I said, all three came out looking great. Hana looks like a great heel in our eyes. Madi gets the win out of nowhere that shows that maybe she does have something up her sleeve for Hazuki coming up. And then Izumi was able to hold her own against two tag team people trying to beat the crap out of her. All three girls come out looking phenomenal. Yeah, like I said, I just don't remember anything from the last couple of episodes that would show why Izumi had to go get woman handled here. I also thought there would be some afters as Old Ref originally shooed away the rest of QQ. Mm -hmm. He was sitting over Azumi asking her if she was okay and then let them come in for the assist. It's a good thing. You know, let the ref have his domain until make sure nobody's injured before you let him come in. <laughs> you know, looking at the way that Madi was doing that, I don't know what you call it, but the bounce were with, with Azumi on her shoulders. The kinda, yeah. It kind of made me think of Bane. <laughs> Bane coming over to break Batman's back. <laughs> yeah, like I said, she looks dominant in this, and I'm excited to see her match with Hazuki even more now. It's the first of two triple tag matches tonight as we have Keigetsu, Hazuki, and Natsu of Oidotai facing off against Starlight Kid, Hanan, and Natsumi of Stars. So we shoot to the back, and Hanan gets to start it off. She says, today we're in Yokohama, and it's the first time the three of us have teamed. Our first time fighting against Odeotai, but we'll work hard and show them young power. Starlight then says, young stars don't fight Odeotai so much, but today we'll have good luck. Natsumi says, let's do our best. We then shoot over to the hill locker room, where Kigitsu says, hey, we came to Yokohama. What do we fight today, Natsu? Natsu says, what is this? The rings turn into a nursery. I'll put them down for a nap. That's how I usually handle this kind of thing. How often is she handling this kind of thing, firstly? Um, children like it. So line up single file and let's go play in the sandbox together. Very well. Enjoy the match. I have here in my notes those damn hoodies. I know. They're taunting me again. And I love Natsu's shit talking. Oh, yeah. I, I love the whole everybody treating her like a grandma and she's, what, like 26, 27 at this time? If that. If that. 
right before Oedotai come out. And first, for some strange reason, you can see Japanese Jack Tunney at the table on his phone. Yeah, he does that a couple times throughout the night. He's been working on the same text message for the last two matches. <laughs> what the hell, see. man? <laughs> Tell them to come see you in person. You're important enough. <laughs> right. And shit. Nao's still not found the cure for bad yet. Oh, no, she's got some Jad. At least she's wearing the hoodie throughout the match, so it's not as obvious. It just makes it kind of weird. As we're doing the intros, I'm going to need somebody to time travel for me and go past the word to Starlight Kid to stop showing off in the corner. That shit just hurts watching her do it. Oh, the stretches? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I think it's her and Tam, both. Uh, so we get the regular intros for everybody. We get Natsu teasing them about the Stars theme song a little bit. And then before they can get the match started, Stars goes to shake hands, but Kigetsu starts yelling. It's like zero, one, and two-year-olds. We're fighting zero, one, and two-year-olds. Then Natsu starts yelling, stardom, I want to say something. What do you call this today? What kind of card is this? How do you put Oedotai against little turds like this? This is ridiculous. But it's okay. I'll handle this myself. This is payback for Oedotai. At this point, Hazuki and Kegutsu go, okay, and they leave the ring. It doesn't matter which one, any one of y'all. Come on, I'll take care of you with one punch. One of you choose. One of you. Are you chicken? And then the unexpected happens. All three of them attack. God bless Natsu and her ability to entertain, man. Dude, it's a completely different kind of hill. This this match shows why she's one of my all-time favorites. She's able to entertain, keep heat on herself, and make whoever her opponent is look phenomenal. Totally underrated superstar. Right after they start ganging up on Natsu. I don't know what was happening. Starlight was really directing all the traffic of Natsumi and Hanan to whip Natsu back and forth. She just runs back and forth and just starts gassing out. Oh, yeah, when they just... They try to test her uh, cardio. Yeah, they try to turn her into like a perpetual motion machine as they just keep pushing her and pushing her until she finally gasses out. As she's starting to gas out, Starlight does drop to hold her down to the mat. And I'm sure our viewers are well aware of the phrase being in ring shape. Kudos to Natsu for doing this series here as I have doubts on my own ability to do it. Yeah, she kept this going way longer than I even could have thought of doing. Yeah, I think I'd have gassed out right after Matt did. <laughs> Stars does give her a breather as they drag her into the middle of the ring and start running on top of her. And then yeah, they show her. off a little cardio of their own. I'm not sure about the trade-off here, though. <laughs> no, it's not as long or as at a high-speed pace, but they do run in circles, kind of tapping on her back and then finally jumping on her back. Natsumi goes for a pin, but then Oidotai come in to break it up. The crowd starts to boo, but decides otherwise. Hanan and Starlight are there to dump them out, leaving Natsumi to put the El Nudo on. Kegitsu and Azuki come in to try and help, and they get tied up for a gloating spot. This is another one of my favorite. Like, there's so hard to pick a favorite spot in this match. But I like that you got the El Nudo, which is a pretty intricate move. Then you got Starlight doing this, like, STF that's, you know, arch. Like, not the way most people would do an STF, because it's upside down and inverted and stuff. Hanan puts on a headlock. Race car ref five counts it, and everybody gets up, except Natsu, who is still knotted up. So Natsumi goes in to tag Hanan, but Starlight comes in with her. The shit is that all about? They hit the stereo drop kicks to a tied-up Natsu. Would you say that when she's in El Nudo, she's Natsu? Eh? Eh, Natsu? Hanan tries to Irish whip Natsu, but she won't budge. 
Starlight comes in to assist, but Natsu puts her leg up in the ropes. Finally, Natsumi comes in to hit some clubs and get her freed up from the others. Natsu stops herself on the other side of the ring as Hanan and Starlight go for the stereo drop kicks too early, allowing Natsu time to get her whip in as well. See, you didn't go back and watch it because Natsumi also missed a drop kick there. Oh, there was just so much going on, dude. Yeah, no, I was really confused at first because I was like, wait, why are all three of them laying on the ground? So I had to go back and watch. Natsumi was actually there with them. She was just kind of covered up by Starlight. <laughs> We finally get some booze as Natsu spanks the three with it and tags in Kagetsu, who runs wild for a few seconds. She slightly loses the edge over the three, but gains it back by flying out of the corner to crossbody all three of them at once. Beautiful running elbow to Hanan into the corner, and Kagetsu starts focusing on her directly. Kagetsu powers her way to a reverse Russian leg sweep from Hanan, but Hanan follows up with a damn good-looking arm drag takedown, and then a judo kickover. Starlight is in, and she goes for the 8166. Kagetsu catches her and carries her to the middle of the ring for something, but Starlight is able to get a schoolgirl in for a two-count. Starlight hits a flying something or another from climbing out of the corner onto Kagetsu, and since she's got Kagetsu worked down for a bit, she's finally able to hit the 8166. As Starlight is doing her standing moonsault, Hanan and Natsumi rush in to prevent Oedotai from breaking up the pin, but Kagetsu is able to kick out at two. Kagetsu's had enough of Starlight shit and punts her straight in the baby maker. She's able to get the tag in to Hazuki and go, she goes straight to business. As she always does. Hazuki goes for her own flying butt stomp, but lands stiff on her back as Starlight rolls out of the way. And again, it still pains me to see that. Yeah. It looks like Starlight was going for her Karana, but Hazuki muscles it into an airplane spin and Starlight manages to flip her out of it into the corner. Nice dropkick into a Hazuki in the corner as Starlight then grabs her into a headlock to flip out and land another reverse something or another. I'm glad you called it a flying something or other, because it's time for me to do another little bit of research. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> From what I could tell, what she pulled off here was in America known as the Slice Bread Number 2. Her version is actually called the Shira Nui. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but, you know, hey, I'm getting the names out there. That's the important part. It's also known as Shinobi by some people. So, slice bread number two, Shira Nui, or Shinobi. Well done, sir. That's it. I got I got a couple more for this one. They made me do my research. Natsumi is in, and she starts knocking Hazuki over, and then gets in her nice scoop slam. As the other star members go to prevent a breakup, Natsumi lays in a torque wrench. Uh-huh. More research. Are you ready for this? Nope. That, this one's a torque wrench. Yeah, probably. Because the closest I could find was Octopus Hold, and that doesn't seem right. So we're going with Torque Wrench. She lets go of it, and they do the complicated flip-over pin. After the stars rough up Hazuki some more, Natsumi looks to be going for the Osaka Crab. But Hazuki is on her stomach. It turns into a reverse figure yon somehow. Yeah, I wasn't even going to look it up this time. I just called it an inverted figure four. Damn you and making me do all these research, you talented, talented ladies. <laughs> Evil ladies. Kigetsu finally comes in to break everything up, and Natsumi tries to elbow Hazuki to freedom. Hazuki manages to get around Natsumi and push her into a waiting Kigetsu for a mist, followed by a roll-up that doesn't even get a one as Hazuki gets out of the way of Natsu running in. Natsu hits a boot to the head in the ropes, allowing Hazuki to scoop slam Natsumi and only get a two as the other stars were in to break it up. Odotai stack up Starlight and Hanan for Natsu to come in with the Bronco Buster. Hazuki hits a solid punk kick into Natsumi, and we get a 2 in 99 100s with Hazuki showing surprise as well. 
Yeah, she looked a bit surprised, but she also looked happy that the match was going to continue. I really liked her facial expressions here. Hazuki wastes no time and double underhooks Natsumi into a backbreaker and locks in a choke that sees her submit for our second submission of the night at 9.17. And once again, another great buildup leading into Hazuki versus Mari. Post-match, we see Kegetsu give Natsu some grief over the tough time she had. <laughs> yeah, there were no translations at the bottom, but I just assumed she was saying, I thought you were supposed to do this all by yourself. This match was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. It was a little long. I don't know that I would have allowed stars to last as long in this. Oidiotai gave them a lot in this match. Like, kudos to them. They gave them a lot. But it was, was still super fun to watch. For all the comedy that was involved in it, there was an equal amount of wrestling and seriousness. Oh, yeah. I wish more wrestlers would learn from matches like this. Same. It's time for Natsuko to take out some aggression on Jungle as they have their singles match next. Yeah. Well, you were down on this match? No, it's not that I'm down on this match. I really enjoy this match, and I'll get into a little bit more of the specifics as we finish this match. But there's a definite change in pace from all the matches before this match to the match and the match following this. It's like two different, completely two different shows. And this is kind of the kickoff for it. I'll just go ahead and say this right now, even before we get to the introductions. If you're a modern American wrestling fan, don't watch this match. You're going to hate it. As old school wrestling fans, I'm sure you have the same opinion as me. This match is actually phenomenal. Oh, 10 on 10. But we'll get to that after the match. Exactly. So we jump into the back with Natsuko, who says, Today we're at Yokohama Radiant Hall, and this day has finally come. Me and Jungle, one-on-one, -on -one, there have been many matches, and I was always my true self. I don't know that anyone can understand my feelings, but I will fight hard for myself, and I want to beat her no matter what. I think that's the best way to show my feelings. We then shoot over to Jungle, who says her catchphrase, and then says, Well, I was hoping this day wouldn't come, but I fight Natsuko, one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm not sure what she's thinking. We're just human beings, so if you have something to say, then you say it. We could just let things go, but we're pro wrestlers. We need to hit each other hard, clashing soul to soul. Do our talking in the ring. I hope to understand you. Holy shit, if this is not my favorite promo segment ever in stardom that I've seen. Yeah, these were good. I don't speak Japanese, so I don't know if I'm adding a little more emphasis there in my brain than was implied by them, but... I love this story already. Like, I was already a fan of this feud, and now this whole, we're going to try to figure each other out, and we're going to do it by fighting soul to soul. Oh my god, man. They got me. I'm ready for this. Natsuko makes her way out, and we're four matches in, and Japanese Jack Tunney is still banging away at that hate mail he's composing to someone. You? <laughs> Not yet. We haven't time-traveled yet. <laughs> Fair point. Both ladies are in the ring and refuse to shake hands with each other, so Old Ref goes ahead and kicks it off. Yeah, I was a little torn on Jungle's intro. You know how she always likes to run up in her opponent's face and scream? Yep. Part of me wanted for Natsuko just to clock her right in the face right then. But instead, she just stares her down like, I'm not going to be intimidated. So I think she made she actually made the right call instead of what I wanted here. There's intensity in this match already, right off the bat. They start out with the test of strength, and that leads me to a question for y'all. Yeah. Do you think these ladies, or at least Natsuko, should have gone straight at it? No. I personally don't think so, because I don't see it as a blood feud, more so a grudge match. And it's not even a grudge match for Jungle. It wouldn't have made sense for Jungle to be attacking her with such ferocity. I, I think the slow, let's see what's going on build is the right call. 
Jungle works down Natsuko to the mat and puts her knees into Natsuko's chest. It leads to Old Ref counting a pin as her shoulders were on the mat, and she powers a bridge out of it to escape. Jungle displays a little more power, and we see the two go to a standoff for a nice round of applause. Jungle looks to be going for another test of strength, but Natsuko closes in for a takedown, and we get some Greco-Roman wrestling and reversals until Jungle gets a rope break. Both ladies start charging off the ropes at each other, trying to knock down the other. But we have a series of stalemates followed by elbow trading. Jungle breaks away and is able to charge into Natsuko for the first knockdown. While Natsuko is down, Jungle stalks her and gets in some kicks. After a scoop slam, Jungle looked to be going for her splash off the ropes, but stops and hits an elbow instead. Jungle keeps gaining an advantage over Natsuko as she hits a corner splash, followed by a running dropkick. The first part of this match looks to show that Jungle is too much for Natsuko, as Jungle bottom rope clotheslines her out of the ring. But Jungle doesn't try to take advantage of the situation by following her out, though. Instead, she stalks her from inside the ring to try and WCW Natsuko when she re-enters. But as Natsuko looks to be walking it off, she draws in Jungle, who finally decides to try and come outside. It was what Natsuko wanted as she quickly turned around to trip her on the ring apron. Natsuko drags her the rest of the way outside and starts putting the clubs on her. While Jungle is down, Natsuko goes for a spear, but Jungle stops her. She starts to take Natsuko on a tour of the arena, but Natsuko reverses an Irish whip to send Jungle into the ring post. But as she tries to capitalize, Jungle moves out of the way to let Natsuko eat some ring posts as well. After a scoop slam outside the ring to Natsuko, Jungle rolls her back in and flies over the top to hit a splash inside the ring. Jungle moves in on a down Natsuko and taunts her by letting her hit some elbows to the chest. But they seem to be doing nothing and Jungle just kicks her down to the mat. Small signs of life from Natsuko, who gets a leg up in the corner to block a running attack from Jungle. As Jungle brushes it off to try again, Natsuko is able to hit a shoulder tackle to knock her down. A reverse Russian leg sweep from Natsuko to Jungle sees Natsuko get in the head scissors until Jungle is able to make the ropes. Natsuko lays Jungle across the second rope goes out on the apron, and knees Jungle in the jaw. A successful scoop slam to Jungle sees Natsuko try to go up top, but Jungle is up and meets her halfway. They both struggle to gain the upper hand until Natsuko knocks Jungle down, but Jungle is back up there and quickly to power slam Natsuko into the middle of the ring. From that, Jungle goes to lay in the Osaka Crab after Natsuko shows that her back is hurting her. Natsuko makes the ropes, so Jungle goes up top to hit a flying splash. As Jungle goes to get the Osaka Crab in again, Natsuko gets a foot to the face in to prevent it. But Natsuko can't seem to gain any steam as Jungle reverses an arm swing into a lariat. Jungle tries to gut-wrench Natsuko, but they end up trading pin attempts. Both ladies are up in there exchanging blows in the middle of the ring. Natsuko gets in some stiff ones until Jungle lands a receipt for it. Natsuko is able to get Jungle into a fireman's carry for a forward roll. She goes up top and is able to hit a splash. She goes for it again and hits it again. Not something you see too often in wrestling. Is third time the charm? Yep, but Jungle manages to kick out of the following pin attempt at two. Jungle is barely standing and Natsuko is doing her best to hit some high impact moves. She goes up top for another splash, but Jungle's got her knees up. As Jungle is running the ropes to get her comeback, the bell rings and we have a time limit draw at 15 minutes. Holy shit. Sharp-eared fans out there might have noticed that I didn't really say anything during this match. This match was so good that I couldn't even take notes. It drew me in with this story. As I said in episode 8, I see 
why people love Jungle so much. She made me a fan in this one, and on top of that, Natsuko made me a fan in this one. They told this beautiful story of power, I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, we're equals. Everything they said in the promo, they then did in the ring, and just put the exclamation point on this feud. Beautiful, exactly how the feud should have ended. This wasn't your typical long match at stardom. Both of these ladies are strong and have the big size to support it. There weren't any fancy technical moves, just two badasses going at it. Weirdly, Jungle's post-match promo made it sound like they needed a longer match in the future. And let me tell you, my body is ready for these two ladies to go Iron Lady. Yeah, Jungle gets the mic and says, another draw. All I can say is, the time was too short. But I guess this isn't like any other draw, because my opponent was Natsuko. I haven't gotten weaker. Natsuko's become stronger. I hope tomorrow you take the white belt. Let's keep fighting over the things that are important to us. There's nothing keeping you back. You don't have to follow behind me, but I want to work hard and fight together again with Natsuko. Natsuko says, tomorrow we're no longer divided, and I'll do my best to win the match. Then we get an amazing fist bump. Now here's my issue with this match. Okay. It shouldn't be right before she goes for the white belt. That's my only complaint. This match is the proper way this feud goes. Like I said from the beginning, Jungle either has to lose or they have to draw. But Jungle doesn't need to lose because she's not in the wrong in this either. So draw is the logical choice. However, it made them both look amazing in their feud, but I don't feel like it did Natsuko any favors for her match with the white belt tomorrow against Momo. These two ladies are clearly comfortable working with each other, and I look forward to seeing where the story goes from here. Same. Like I said, I just wish it wasn't immediately going to be her going after a belt. Like, I I wish these two would just keep going. I will say now that regardless of whatever comments we see of this episode, this match, 10 on 10. 100%. Like I said, this is not going to be a match for modern-day wrestling fans that want spots and want everything to happen quick. And no, this is just beautiful storytelling in the ring. These are two artists at work. Our second six lady tag and last match of the night is for the artist of stardom championships. Konami, Momo and Utami of Queens quest challenged the champions of Mayu, Tam and Saki of stars. Saki, Matt, what happened? <laughs> so we hop to the back where we have Konami saying it's finally arrived. The artist of stardom title match. Three of us from QQ are challenging, and we have new member Utami. These two have the goddesses' belts, and now we'll bring the artist's belts to QQ. Momo says, next week, we defend our goddesses of stardom tag belts, so this is like a preview. If we don't win here, we can't be as confident, so I want to win. Konami then goes to walk off, and they remind her that Utami hasn't spoken yet. So Utami says pretty much the same thing. Yeah, we need to win to keep the momentum going. Let's go QQ. Was Utami not supposed to speak during this promo? I I don't know, because I think it kind of happens at the end, too. Konami starts to walk off and comes back like she's kind of surprised. Yeah, like Momo had to pull her back. That's awkward, and then we go over to the queens of art. The queens of awkward, you can leave that in, because I'm awkward, too, now. The queens (laughs) of awkward of stardom. Tam starts off saying, this is our second defense. This is very important to me. This belt with Mayu and Saki is the first belt I've ever had. Our goal is to have the most defenses ever, so we have a long way to go. Of course we'll defend them. These belts are important to you guys too, right? She's looking for a little bit of validation here. Mayu says, that's right. Important belts. Like she almost forgot about it. It's our first team up in a while, and I hope our coordination is not subpar. Way to bring down the morale. 
<laughs> Tim says, we'll be okay. That person is not here. And then we get a little helpful subtitle guy who flashes Arissa on screen. Subtitle. Yeah, what was that? What was that? It, it, it reminded me of the Mortal Kombat thing when you do a special move or a special uh, key move, and, it, and then you hear, oh, ee. There's, like, a beautiful semi-feud between Tam and Arissa of stardom where Tam uh-huh. just doesn't want anything to do with Arissa, but they keep forcing them to team up. But this is going to be okay because Arissa's not here today. So there's a nice little nice little helpful subtitle guy there to let anybody know that Tam doesn't like Arissa. Oh, so that's why they did that? Yeah. Oh, goodness. So Mayu says, ah, I see. Peace on. Watch over us. Peace on. You'll be okay. Mayu, bring us together. Peace on. It'll be okay. Ka, 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 ka. Mayu. Saki just kind of walks off and Mayu joins her, leaving Tam to scamper? Prance? I don't know, whatever Tam does. Prance? We'll go with Prance. Allowing Tam to prance off by herself. Damn you, Japanese pandas. What the hell? Did you notice that Saki doesn't say anything during this promo? I think she was as confused as I was. I have here plotting. That's a long plot. That's that long, long con. <laughs> As the stars are coming out, did you notice that they were using Mayu's serious music? Ooh. Ah, oh, shit. Let me put down my notes here for a second. <laughs> Kikyu doesn't want anything to do with handshaking as race car ref tries to get this underway. Instead, Momo comes in the ring and specifically calls out Mayu. I think I can speak for Matt on this one. We are ready. We are way ready. But Saki's not ready. <laughs> but Mayu, using her sixth sense, sends in Saki for some pre-revenge. I know what I said there. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I got you. Momo and Saki start off with some kicks and missed reversals. As Momo was running the ropes to gain the upper hand, Mayu defended herself and stopped her. Let me stop you right here. <laughs> you know what we have. It's the glorious, magnificent return of Hill Mayu. And I need you to do me something here. What's that? I want corpse paint. I want horns coming off of Mayu's head. I want you to Photoshop that in for Hill Mayu. You know why, right? Because Hill Mayu is Devil Mayu. And what's the best (laughs) trick the Devil Mayu ever played? To convince the world that Hill Mayu doesn't exist. I see through you, Devil Mayu. I see through you. All three stars come in to roughhouse Momo up and get in. On whose orders? Do what? On whose orders? I do believe Hill Mayu called them in. To surround sound dropkicks. <laughs> As Momo is regaining her footing, she takes time to knock Mayu out of the ring. And Utami comes in for a quick dig also. Uh, she was defending herself. That was face work. Momo is able to toss Saki into the corner and get the tag into Konami. As QQ is able to get the corner foot stomp. In the middle of the ring, Konami hits her amazing dropkick to a sitting Saki. It was damn good thing she was not wearing shoes. She got her right on top of the head. Now it's Utami's turn, who leads off with a nice body slam and starts making Saki humble for a cross body kick from Momo. Momo takes another turn at Saki, but Saki is able to break up the offense with her karana. This allows Saki to get in a kick to the head of Momo in the ropes and go tag in Tam. QQ come in to try to prevent Tam from whipping Momo across the ring. Tam breaks up a double-team clothesline, and somehow, her and Mayu perfectly time stereo dropkicks to Konami and Utami. Wait, Mayu did something illegal again? 
Mayu and Tam followed this up with another. No, well, no, whoa, 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 whoa. She didn't do anything illegal. There's a five count there. <laughs> Mayu and Tam followed this up with another set of stereo drop kicks to them both while they're leaning up against the bottom rope on the other side of the ring. With them two out of the way for a bit, Mayu and Tam can focus on Momo in the ring. Drop toe hold from Mayu and Tam follows up with a flying kick to the back of Momo. How many seconds are we at now? Three. <laughs> it was at this point I noticed they fixed the exposure with the ring camera. Yeah. Tam has Momo in the corner and goes for a flying shoulder, but Momo quickly moves and hits two 10 on 10 drop kicks in return. Beautiful. Konami is in and she starts giving Tam the business end of her legs. It looked like Konami was going for another kick and that Tam caught it, but it was Konami inventing a new way to roll Tam up into armbar number 21. Yeah, she hits her with an armbar, and then, new move name for me for the match, she rolls the armbar into a seated Fujiwara armbar. I have here reverse armbar number two. Uh, I had to look it up because I knew that Becky Lynch does it, and she calls it the disarmor, but I was like, that's not its real name. And the real name is seated Fujiwara armbar. I'm getting better at this. Tam is finally able to make the ropes, but Konami's offense is still going until Tam hits the PKO out of nowhere. What does this PKO look like? What's the PKO? It's a panda KO. It's a panda KO. Okay, can you describe this panda KO, please? Happens out of nowhere. (laughs) Does it? (laughs) Damn panda attack. I'm looking for it. I can't. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I can't imagine. I'm imagining her just coming like just running into the ropes, hitting her back on it, and then just opening her arms and just going ah, just. Charging that person like Close. a panda. <laughs> Are you serious? Did Konami say something about P-Champ? Because Tam does a roundhouse to Konami as she's sitting up after the PKO, and it looked and sounded stiff. That's just Tam, man. Tam tags Mayu in, and she quickly misses a splash in the corner, but connects with a defensive boot and then into a roll-up out of the corner. Mayu has to be the slickest babyface in the ring. Uh-huh. She tries to hoist Kanabi up for something, but Kanabi wiggles her way to freedom and connects with an enziguri. And then she does her barrel roll to tag. I still don't know why. <laughs> it's faster. It's more aerodynamic. Utami is in, and she just starts pumbling Mayu down to the mat and into the corner. She locks in a headlock on Mayu, and QQ tried to contain the stars from helping. Saki is able to get a quick kick in, but Momo is quick to stop it. Mayu finally makes the ropes, and Utami tries to get her in the torture rack. Mayu slips out and issues a medium kick, followed by Hurricanrana for a roll-up that only gets a two. Holy and, hell, was that Hurricanrana not snug? And then she hits a harder kick. Mayu immediately takes the bump of the match from Malaria and somehow manages to hit the back of her neck first. I don't know how she did this. It's like she somehow realized in midair, oh crap, I'm not going to make this flip. And still managed to roll on her side instead of continuing the momentum forward. Hot tags to both corners see Momo and Saki go at it until Momo just rags dollar around the ring and into the flying knees for a two. It was a chicken wing, right? It was a good one, too. She kind of wiggles her way out by falling to the mat, and Mayu is there with a receipt for something. In a twist of events, Tam and Saki are set up in the middle of the ring to launch Mayu into Momo. Yeah, when all this fails, throw Mayu. It looked like Mayu caught Momo in the throat with that dropkick, too. Yeah, they just, they didn't aim. They just chunked her. Saki is able to hit the double underhook face crusher. That's what I'm calling it. Yeah, I got, I got words for you here. Another oh, look good. Up. You ready? 
I know this move as the kill switch. Christian used to do it. It's also been known as the unprettier or I'm prettier, depending on who's done it. But Saki refers to it as my emblem. Are you ready for some more fun facts? Let's have those fun facts, Mr. Matt. Well, it's called the My Emblem because her theme song is called Emblem. And do you know where her theme song comes from? No, you will tell us, though. I'm going to botch this, but it comes from a game called Osu Banchu 3, which is kind of like a gambling game in Japan, but they're not really allowed to gamble, so it's like a weird workaround for it. But apparently she just kind of likes the song from this game so she uses it as her song and then named her finishing move after it so that is the story of saki and my emblem fair enough double drop kicks to konami and utami from mayu and tam for their troubles and they roll outside mayu holds on to them as tam flies off the top to only hit mayu there was a lot of trust put into this spot yeah there was somehow saki was outside too and konami rolls her back inside did you even see saki go outside no but is it because she's sneaky Shocky Saki. She shocked us by sneaking out of the ring. Utami hits a top rope drop kick and Saki is starting to get up. And in the other corner, Momo and Konami hit stereo knees from the top. Momo is finally able to lock in the single arm underhook belly to back suplex, but Tam is able to make it in for the save. As Momo is going for something, Saki surprises her with a roll up crucifix pin for the three in 1240 for a successful third defense. What the fuck? Momo is up quickly and fucks race car ref out of the ring for his troubles. Yeah, but what the fuck was this camera? It looked like a fan cam just for the pin. Momo's shoulder was clearly not on the mat. This ending was weird. Yeah, there was so much weirdness that happened here because of all the cameras and everything. I I don't know. I think it was just, hey, you're done. Yeah, yeah. It was just awkward. Uh, It was a good match, just an awkward ending. So first, they bring out the trophies and the, the belts for our artist champions here. And did you notice something amazing here? They go to make the S symbols, and Mayu can't remember how to make an S symbol, so actually has to draw it out with her fingers before she puts her arms up, because she's evil. Um, then, Saki gets on the microphone. Yokohama, you guys saw it. I got the three count. Momo, you got beat by the Invisible Man, the Pink Bean Sprout, Invisible Man, an amateur. I've been resurrected. You better learn that, and I'm going to say this name wrong. At Corican Hall, for the goddess's belts, it will be the fifth time I pin you. I'll pin you for the fifth time this year, so thanks for giving us the belts. Momo then gets on the mic. Hey, Pink Bean Sprout, you don't look so well. Random crowd guy. She just beat you, all the wrestlers in the ring. Shut up. They don't like you talking to them over there. Momo, I declare it now. I don't care if you're resurrected. I will not lose to Saki. Saki. But how many times have I already beat you? Momo, remember this next week. Look in my eyes and you'll know I'm right. She then drops the mic after that badass finishing line. Then remembers Utami's got to talk. So she picks the mic back up and tells Utami to say something. Tommy says, yep, it's rookie of the year Utami here. And today we couldn't get the belts. But you won't beat us on the 24th. We will defend the belts and have a good start to the new year. Don't forget it. Okay. QQ goes to leave the ring. Awkward Mayu waves at them. I don't know that she knows exactly where she is anymore. Saki gets back on the mic and says, no one is going to remember. And you obviously had to memorize that. That's a sick burn. Tam, please say something. Mayu continues to wave. Tam, QQ, how many times will you say the same thing? And we just beat you. But I feel a little bit ignored right now. How's everyone doing? 
I think Mayu and Saki will win the goddesses' belts, and I knew we'd win today. Bring those belts to stars. I really love Kid, and I don't think of Arissa at all. Way to continue the feud. But I hope to form a good team with them. Please support us. We look forward to seeing you. Everyone come to the ring. Oh, wait, Mayu, you can talk when we stand up. Mayu never gets to talk. She then puts peace on, on the trophy, where Mayu screams, Oh no, you stabbed him! It's fine. It looks better now. They then go to close out the show with the stardom chant and doing the stardom pose. Tam takes like five minutes to teach everybody how to do the proper pose, where you put your right arm up and your left arm down to make the S. They all get it right, except for Mayu. We are in the evil Mayu timeline. She doesn't even know how to do the stardom pose. What's your explanation for that, Waldo? So I have here, just when you think Pichan was getting better, it would seem that Tam impaled him on the uh, victory trophy. Yeah, I'm not going to say where the trophy went. <laughs> there was really only one match on this show that had build to it, and that was the Jungle versus Natsuko match. Oh, by far. The others just seemed to be gap fillers to highlight the abilities of everyone involved. Granted, not every show needs to have a continued story arc and title bouts. Matt and I came up in wrestling during a time where there were endless squash matches to build the individuals ahead of TV and pay-per-view. Sometimes that's all you need. And I wouldn't consider any of the matches on this show a squash by any means. No, I don't think anybody came out of this looking weak. Maybe QQ a little bit because they talk so much shit beforehand, but not really. You know, for some of these moves, <laughs> I have to rewatch a few of these because it's interesting the way they pull them off. Uh, and I know you guys have mentioned before, but one of the moves that I, I thought was interesting was was uh, a kick to the face that they, they did here to one of the wrestlers. And as soon as he did it, and this had to do with the, I don't know her name, but she's the one with the frilly dress, the frills and stuff, Tam. the black and white. Tam, yeah. Uh, I started thinking about the new sensation going on on TikTok, with, which is called JoJo Pose. You ever hear of that? No. No. So basically, it's uh, people in real life trying to pull off moves uh, from an anime called JoJo or whatever it's called. And every like time bizarre, this one bizarre adventure. Yes, yes. And every time she does a move, I keep thinking JoJo pose. <laughs> you have to see the, the the song that goes around with it, but it just it strikes me as a little funny the way she does it because it looks like she's trying to recreate a pose from something, you know. Oh, Tam is kind of very anime-like in her really? motions and actions anyways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say like out of everybody there, she's the closest to an anime character. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, she's entertaining to watch. Yeah. I think this is the first show we reviewed where I wouldn't necessarily label it TV quality. Although, comparatively, over in the States, it'd still be better than a lot of stuff on today. I give this show, like, with all the shit that's just going on in the world right now, this is a good hour, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. To just shut your brain off and enjoy some good wrestling. This would have to be the first show for me that had a house show quality feel to it. And I don't want that to sound disparaging. Because if this were the house show I was actually able to go to, I'd be very entertained and it gotten my money's worth. Right. They did turn the main event into a story-building segue for the next Goddess of Stardom Championship defense. So even on a house show, there was stuff you didn't want to miss that helped add context to future matches. I'll say you got a little bit of everything. You got Madi winning to go into her title match with Hazuki strong. You got Hazuki getting the pin to go in her title match strong. You got Saki getting a pin to go into the tag title match strong. So like I said, yeah, the only problem I had with the Natsuko 
and jungle match was that Natsuko kind of needed to win that match for some momentum going into the, the title match with Momo, but Momo lost her match, so it's okay. So they even fixed the one problem I had with a match on the card. Well, that leads me into my match of the night, and that was Jungle versus Natsuko. Very rarely do I like a match with no clear finish, but these two ladies were absolute powerhouses. Natsuko is clearly moving up the ladder, and they didn't have to sacrifice Jungle to do it. It's a textbook way of keeping the feud going along with keeping both ladies strong. And I think it helped Natsuko even more because she's going for the white belt next, like you said, Matt. Yeah, I 100% agree. That is also my match of the night. I think they told an amazing story. I think the promos they let into it is by far, at this point in time, the best promos we've seen in stardom. And then they followed that up in the match by continuing the story that they talked about beforehand and then continued it up with a little bit of promo afterwards. It was just the whole block of time was amazing. Dr. The Wife? I'm torn because I, I, I enjoyed watching the Mari and the, the Hana match. I don't know. I find them very entertaining to watch a lot of, of what they're doing, the stunts and the them getting the crowd um, into it. But I'm starting to get into um, the last one, uh, the, actually just one person. I don't really particularly, I'm not really fond of the, string, the pink string bean, but I'm interested, I'm, I might be interested to look more into the the anime one. Damn. Yeah, she, she's actually pretty entertaining to watch. At, at first, I didn't think she was when I first started talking about this with you guys. But I actually had fun watching that match just just because of her, really. She's the one pulling me into it. So with matches out of the way, that leaves us to the ever popular segment, Hill of the Night. I'm going to pull a shocker here and I'm going to give it to you thought I was going to say Mayu, but no, it's Kaori. She got the crowd booing early with just some simple heel work. She yelled at some people crowd side. She beat up some kids. What more can you want from a heel? Dr. The Wife? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I actually watched a lot of these on mute to see, just suspend my belief and watch, you know, for a change. And, and another reason, because I don't want to hear anybody do the Hulk roar, and that kind of kills it for me. <laughs> but I'm not really sure who to give it to as far as Heal the Night, because I still go with, with Hana, because I really do enjoy her character and the way she, she pulls it off just being the heel. But I don't see her being really the heel of the night, because it wasn't really that heelish to me, I guess. So I don't really know who to give it to. All right. Walda? I might have to go with Saki. Jeez. <laughs> oh, She's not much of a heel, though. She's just. She only like did bad stuff when Mayu told her to. Yeah, so then she's just a, a person pretending to be a heel. It's not really. A did heel. you not see her in the pre match promo for the main event? Oh. She was clearly, clearly laying the groundwork for her betrayal. <laughs> oh, boy. Two oh, years and, and, and not being able to do the yes is also evidence of her betraying? No, that was Mayu who couldn't do that. Oh, that was Mayu. Sorry. See, we had Bizarro Mayu. Oh. She was doing everything backwards. Backwards, yeah. <laughs> Needs a goatee. <laughs> right? That I might be able to Photoshop. <laughs> nope. I want corpse paint and horns. Oh, my goodness. Maybe even big wings. I hope by the time this episode comes out that things are starting to clear up. We have reports of some smaller promotions starting to run shows again, and Texas officially held its first sporting event since the plague broke out on June 6th at Texas Motor Speedway for the Genesis 300. Originally, Stardom was supposed to resume operations around mid-May, but precautions from Japan's second state of emergency declaration for the plague and the untimely loss of Hana have pushed that date back a little more. 
In the meantime, you can find yourself some more stardom entertainment over at www.stardom-world.com for only 920 yen a month. Don't forget to join in on the FAQ, link in the description below, and try to stump us with your questions. They don't have to be stardom related either. You can ask Matt all the electrical engineering questions you want. You can ask <laughs> Waldo just pretty much any question that doesn't pertain to math or wrestling. He won't know it. Yeah, wait a minute, what am I getting asked? Ask Dr. The Wife about things. Thanks. But you have to ask in Spanish. <laughs> it's like those uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, questions. <laughs> How tight is your uniform? Is it great? Meanwhile, they ask you guys about the stardom and questions. Stutter kick the like and subscribe and aggravate your friends. We're on all the usual suspects on social media at Face for Wrestling. And don't forget, everybody's different and everybody's good.